when you're determined to find healing, when you haven't given up, when you believe that you will get better, that has so much power. And I know, I know it can be discouraging when you think, okay, this is going to be the thing. This is what's going to solve it. Or, um, you know, you try so many different things and you're like, well, why, how is this going to make a difference? You still have to hold hope in that because that's going to be one of your, that is going to be one of the most healing things is hope. Living a healthy, balanced life as a mom can sometimes feel impossible. With tiny mouths to feed, butts to wipe, and so many things vying for our attention, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe every mom is a super mom, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't have to go on another diet to do it. Join me, Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor for conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life. I want to help you uncomplicate eating, improve your relationship with food, and live like the supermama I know you are. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I have a really unique episode for you today. If you listened to my digestive health journey episode, you know that I have struggled with digestive issues for a number of years, almost two decades, and it's been something that has ebbed and flowed throughout my life, um, but it's something that I've struggled with a lot since starting the journey to becoming an intuitive eater because when I do struggle with my digestion, which is something I will likely, you know, struggle with on and off for my whole life. And it's just something that's a part of my life and something I need to address and I've learned to live with and to treat my body well through. I have to make some changes to my diet, to my lifestyle in order to manage some of these changes that are going on in my body. And it's been a little bit of a struggle for me as an intuitive eater to deal with some of those changes, especially being a coach in the intuitive eating world and helping other women find freedom with food. And sometimes, you know, having the experience of not being able to have full quote unquote freedom to eat all types of food, not from a place of restriction, but from a place of digestive health. And I think it's something that is simply not talked about enough in the world of intuitive eating when we are having struggles with our digestion or with another health condition that requires us to make changes. It can kind of feel like we're no longer allowed in the intuitive eating space. But if there's one thing that I have learned in my journey through intuitive eating and also my digestive health journey, it's that intuitive eating is about tuning into your body and leaning into what your body needs in that season. And that's why I wanted to record this podcast that I have for you today with my friend, Katherine Herbison. She is a fellow health coach, and she has also been on a journey with her digestion over the last year or two. And she'll share more about her story, and I share a little bit about my story and where I am now with my digestion as well. But we've been talking over on Instagram for the past year or so as she's gone through, you know, test after test, figuring out what's going on with her digestive system and having to make some serious changes when it comes to her food and her lifestyle in order to manage these symptoms that have come up, these really debilitating symptoms that have largely been helped by 
making these changes. And just like I am, she's still on her journey. But that was why I wanted to have her on and come and have a really open and honest conversation about what it's like to be in this intuitive eating world, but also have problems with your digestion um, and just really have some chronic health issues that you're working through. Because sometimes it can feel really isolating. And if anything, we want you, the listener, if you've had these type of struggles, to not feel alone, to understand that we struggle with it as well, and that there is a way to nourish your body well, to give your body what she needs, to maybe even take away foods if you need to in a way that is really intuitive and honoring to your body instead of restrictive. So today's episode is really a conversation. I came to Catherine with a handful of questions and some frequently asked questions from my listeners and we kind of put them together and just had a really fabulous chat about what this has meant in our lives over the past couple of years how it's felt being coaches and um, influencers, so to speak, in the intuitive eating world while also struggling with our own health and our own digestion. So we hope that ultimately this episode is going to give you a lot of hope in your own journey that you can be an intuitive eater and also have digestive struggles. And if you do have digestive struggles, there is hope for healing. Um, I can speak from personal experience that even though, yes, I do have flare-ups from time to time, I am worlds better than I was in the past. And a lot of that is due to learning how to tune into my body and her unique needs and working with some really fantastic practitioners who have helped me along my way. So today's episode is going to be a conversation with the fabulous Katherine Herbison. For those of you who don't already know Katherine, Katherine Herbison is a lifestyle and wellness blogger, safer beauty advocate, co-host of the Embracing Balance podcast, and virtual assistant based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, empowering women to tap into their intuition and find true balance in their lives. Her goal is to authentically share how she's finding balance in her life and encourage others to do the same. When she's not working, she loves finding the best coffee shop, baking sourdough bread, and hanging with her husband and cat. I know you are going to love this conversation we had. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Catherine. Hey, Catherine. Welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I am so excited to have you on again. Oh my goodness. I am so excited to be on. I am so excited for this conversation for sure. So am I. It has been a long time coming, and I think it's going to be so, so great. So you have been on before, so many of my listeners probably already know who you are, um, but I would love if we can just start with a quick icebreaker, and then I'll have you introduce yourself just briefly so, so everyone knows who you are. But I want to know what you're reading right now. Ooh, so my husband and I have actually been getting more into reading, which is really exciting. <laughs> So uh, we just bought a bunch of books and I currently am reading the Mastering the Art of Soviet Cooking. Um, And it's a memoir. I love memoirs and uh, just a memoir of a girl and um, kind of weaving in aspects of Soviet history and like into her family and into her life and then also food. Um, and for, if your listeners don't know, I actually grew up in Moscow, Russia, right after the fall of communism. And, um, so it's been, it's really neat to lit, like to read about where, like the things that I experienced and like the foods that I knew of and just like the cultural aspects of Russia. 
to understand like where they came from. So that is what I have been reading lately. That is so cool. I love that so much. I would love to just like pick your brain one day about what it was like to live in Moscow. It's so, so cool. But what a cool way to kind of reconnect you with your like childhood experiences, but also food. And that is so cool. I love that. And I love memoirs as well. They're one of my favorite genres. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Memoirs, biographies, historical fiction. That's definitely my jam. (laughs) I love it. So would you just briefly introduce yourself again for anyone who doesn't know who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So currently um, I live with my husband and our little uh, fur baby, Rosie, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, But my husband and I in not too long um, are moving to Madison, Wisconsin, so he can start law school. Um, I am a, an intuitive eating health coach, um, co-host of the Embracing Balance podcast where we talk about all things intuitive health and lifestyle. I also am a safer beauty advocate with Beauty Counter. Um, and my newest little venture is I started, um, I partnered with a clean wine, clean crafted wine brand called Scout and Cellar. So I have a lot of little things that I do, um, but I really enjoy it. I love it. I love that you just lean into your passions in every area. And I have to say, I've looked up Scout and Cellar and it looks amazing. And Rhode Island has really strict laws when it comes to wine and liquor and all that. And they don't ship here. So sad. (laughs) Such a bummer. Yeah. The wine is, is really incredible. I mean, I know we're talking about digestive health in this, uh, or our digestive health journeys in this. And sadly, I, it's so funny that I've started doing this now because I can't tolerate a ton of wine. Like some days my gut can take it and some days it can't, but it was just one of those things where it was like, you know what? Like I just, I love this wine and I don't drink that much anyway. So it's not like we're spending tons of money on wine all the time, but I'd rather get good quality wine that doesn't make me feel terrible. So, well, if you're ever visiting a family member outside of Rhode Island, (laughs) you can have a box shipped to you because it's, it's really good wine. And it's just, I think in my journey of intuitive eating, intuitive living, um, that has really opened my eyes to just looking at looking at business and businesses and brands and their transparency and really just connecting me with my values about wanting to support brands who are doing things well and who are transparent about their business practices about how they create the products. Um, and that's something that's I'm really passionate about. So it really working with Scout and Seller is just, it's a perfect fit for me as well, because that's what they're all about too. Yeah, I love that so much. And I am very much into the clean wine and, you know, finding what feels good in your body. Because as we'll talk about, I've also had quite a few digestive struggles and health struggles. And that is one of those things where it's 
such a, a fun way to connect with people over a glass of wine if you are of legal drinking age. I don't know if anyone's younger that's listening, but I'm <laughs> just going to point that out. Um, but it really is, and it's one of those things my husband and I have both enjoyed, but I too do not tolerate everything. So um, yeah. so it is nice to, to have that resource. So I love that. Okay, so let's dig in then. Um, we, we just you know mentioned a little bit that today we're going to be talking quite a bit about digestive health and our digestive health stories. And I really wanted to have you come on and just have an honest conversation about what it looks like to deal with health challenges and specifically digestive issues for us while we're in this food freedom space, both for you as a woman who, and myself as women who have found food freedom and also as coaches. So I'm wondering if you would start with just kind of a brief history of where your digestive issues started, when they started, how they've progressed, and kind of where you're at today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, brief. Okay. Um, so I actually have never had digestive health issues. Um, I mean, yeah, the gas and bloating, you know, that's pretty normal. It's nothing that ever bothered me. Um, and definitely digestive issues um, as I was recovering from my eating disorder, but that's pretty common. But yeah, I've never had any allergies, intolerances, um, or anything like that. Um, so when I started getting some severe um, gut symptoms um, about a little over a year ago, it was it was like, okay, something's wrong. So I uh, it was about a year, a little over a year ago. Um, I, well, to back up and I, I mean, I don't have the cause of every, I don't know the cause of everything, but pretty much since I've started my entrepreneurial journey and this is, you know, being totally honest and that's what we're going to be, you're going to be totally honest mm -hmm. in this, in this episode. And I want to be transparent is since I've started my entrepreneurial journey, um, over three years ago, I, I truly have been in a chronic state of stress um, and, you know, from worrying about growing a business, getting clients, um, just, I'm in a, I'm a very, I'm a highly sensitive person. So I think I just kind of take, I experience things deeper than maybe some other people. Um, so I just have been in this chronic state of stress. Um, and then about a year a couple, a year, two years ago, was just a really stressful year. Um, I was sick a lot. We were living in Philly. Um, just a lot of, a lot of stressors from not just business. Um, I also did go full-time into, um, entrepreneur, entrepreneurship. Um, I wasn't working part-time, so that was an added financial stress. Um, but just a lot of stressors, um, environmental stressors. And I was sick a lot. Um, I think I had like four sinus infections. Like it was not good. Um, but then it was a little over a year ago, probably about a year and a half ago, I got a really bad stomach bug. Um, and I haven't had a stomach bug like this in a long time. Um, and I, after that stomach bug, I pretty much never felt normal in my gut. Um, so that whole summer, last summer, I, 
for probably about two months, I was extremely fatigued, extremely fatigued. Um, you know, my stomach was super sensitive. I had nausea. Um, I'm trying to think what else, just a lot of diarrhea and like just some just abnormal gut stuff. And I just thought like, okay, my body is just healing from this, this stomach bug. Um, and it did get a little bit better, um, in the fall when we moved from Philly back to Minnesota. Um, but then it was probably in September, all the symptoms came back in full swing. And I thought it was just, you know, due to stress. So I really worked on trying to reduce my stress. Um, but it really just never, it just never got better. Um, and like bloating, diarrhea, stomach pain, extreme fatigue, headaches, just like fogginess, um, like heartburn, like just so many symptoms. And again, this is something that was totally new to me. I'd never had anything like this before. And it took me a little while, but I finally did go into the doctor and through a series of appointments and different, trying different things, I finally did get a test for SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, and I tested very positive for SIBO. And that was um, in like maybe January. January, February. Um, and since then I have been trying different treatments for SIBO. I've been doing, um, the herbal antimicrobials, um, on top of like some diet stuff, um, and other, um, other herbal supplements. Um, but still nothing has solved it. So I would say mostly through diet um, and reducing stress, I have been able to, I feel better than I did in the fall. Um, but I still, I'm, it still hasn't been fixed. So I'm still very much on this journey. Mm, well, thank you for sharing so so deeply into a lot of the the symptoms you've had and kind of the struggles you've had over the last couple of years because I think it's important and I'm I'm so grateful that you you said that you would have this really honest conversation with me because I think there's a lot of women who struggle with these type of things and they're either told it's normal or they're told it's not normal and there's nothing they can do or that you know they shouldn't do anything about it and they should just live with it. Um, or, you know, it's just awkward to talk about some of these things sometimes too. I know that as someone who has personally struggled with digestive problems for like, oh my gosh, probably 20 years now mm -hmm. on and off, it's become more normal for me to talk about it. I joke that I like talking about poop is like my favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> um, and it's not even really a joke. I don't mind when anyone comes to me and, and talks to me about any of their digestive struggles. And I think that tends to be why like I'm the friend people call up when they're like something weird's happening. And I'm like, all right, let's talk about it. I might not have the answers, but I can give suggestions and kind of direct you in, in, into, you know, the right direction for who might be able to help you. Um, because I think that, yeah, I think there's a lot of women um, and men, but you know, we're talking to primarily women here who have struggled in a lot of those same ways. And what a journey that you've had. Oh my gosh. And it's so, so hard. I know 
well, for myself, um, just really briefly, I struggled with a lot of digestive problems when I was a kid. Um, so I first, I thought I had like lactose intolerance, which mm-hmm. could have been part of my journey. Um, but when I was around 10 or 11, we ended up, <laughs> we had a really stressful kind of family event happen when I was 11 or 12. I'm trying to remember now. I want to say I was 12. It was almost, it might have, it might be the 20 year anniversary this year, but my house was flooded. So I grew up in, and I still live in Rhode Island, which is right on the coastline. And there's a lot of flood area around. And our house just happened to be in a, like a high flood area. And our house got completely flooded. Like you see in hurricanes and things like that. It was like a really bad rainstorm. And it was pretty much destroyed, like as if it were a fire, but the shell of the house was still there. Like everything was gone. So it was this like really crazy, stressful experience for someone who's like 12 years old and never imagined something like we would never imagine something like that to happen. But it was uh, very soon after that, that I started struggling with. And one of the reasons why I love that you talked about some of the stressful experiences you had that might have you know, we don't know, but could have been triggers um, for some of your digestive issues. Because for me, that was kind of how it all started years and years and years ago with this really crazy, stressful life event. And so I struggled on and off with things like, you know, lots of bloating as a child, which is so not just uncomfortable physically, but like so awkward when I'm going through that, like, early stages of like puberty and like dealing with my body changes. And then all of a sudden my stomach is super bloated and I was having like diarrhea in the middle of the day at school. And thankfully nothing like extreme. I could make it to the bathroom and all that, Um, which I know some other people who have, you know, digestive struggles don't. And so I was, I was thankful for that, but it was still really hard. And a lot of them went away as I got a little bit older and then came back and I'm going to do a whole kind of digestive health episode um, for um, on kind of my own journey. Um, but then recently, again, in about January of this year, I had, and so, you know, long story short, I was basically diagnosed with IBS, which is irritable bowel mm-hmm. syndrome. I've been tested for SIBO in the past and I had some overgrowth, but nothing extreme. Um, that was a few years ago now when I was having like a kind of a smaller flare up. But it was January of this year where I had my first major flare up in like six or seven years. Um, where it was, it was pretty debilitating. Um, I actually ended up in the ER for mm. some stress-related issues. Uh, I was trying, I, I tried to go to the walk-in clinic and I told them my symptoms and they told me to go directly to the ER because they thought that there was potential for me to be having like a stroke or something like that. And it ended up being really bad anxiety. And from there, that uh, turned into this like crazy path over the last few months of me dealing with these digestive issues that I have dealt with my whole life, but hadn't really flared up to this level in like, you know, half a decade. So it's been a crazy journey for myself. (laughs) And I just wanted to share that just to, you know, kind of relate the two experiences and, you know, share that I think that it's not talked about enough. I think a lot of women are struggling and oftentimes it feels like it comes out of nowhere until, and sometimes it does, but until sometimes we look back and we're like, oh my gosh, this thing happened. And then it sort of, you know, maybe, maybe triggered it. It's hard to tell. It's really, you know, one of those chicken and the egg things, what started first, what, (laughs) what happened after, 
but things like stress and hard life events and, you know, making decisions that aren't in alignment with the life that we really want to live, I think that they can oftentimes trigger some of these things. And sometimes it is that really bad bug that we have. And sometimes it is something like stress. Um, so all of that to say, <laughs> um, I think that it's, it's a really important, it's a really important conversation to have and to, I think, just share with women that they're, that they're not alone. So thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for letting me share a little brief history of mine as we kind of <laughs> dig in a little bit more. Um, oh my goodness. I keep nodding my head as you're talking because I think like, yeah, this is such an important conversation to have. And, and like you said at the beginning, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's scary. It's, you know, especially if you've never had gut issues, you're like, well, what do I even do? Like, where do I even start? And I think the one thing that I, I think I've learned in this process is, is as women, you have to advocate for yours. I'm not just as women, but I think especially with gut health, like you have to advocate for yourself. Um, and if someone is telling you like, oh, nothing is wrong then you need to find another doctor mm -hmm. or, you know, your experience is real and true and maybe it is psychological. And I think there's, if nothing else through this process, I've learned the deep connection between our brain and our gut mm -hmm. and how all of that plays a part. And, um, so anyways, I guess I just wanted to put out there, like to add, you know, to encourage people to advocate for themselves. If they're like, okay, like, the doctor did this test and it didn't work. And you say, okay, is there anything else that we can do? Um, and if they can't, then find someone else who is going to acknowledge what you're going through and um, be willing to kind of do extra digging. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm nodding over here along with you as well, because I think it's easy just to take one opinion at face value and go, okay, that's it. There's nothing else I can do. But yeah. when we feel those things happening in our body, you know, it's an indicator that something's going on and no one else is in our body except for us. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. where that intuition comes in, like that knowing that something is wrong, that something is off. This January, when I was having these, you know, anxiety issues that almost, they felt like they came out of nowhere. Now looking back, I realize where they had come from, you know, months and months of some, some stuff that we'd gone through as a family and, you know, all good now. Um, but knowing that something else was off, that something was a little bit deeper when he was like, Oh, it's, it was, it was just a panic attack. And I'm like, um, I've had panic attacks before and this was not just a panic attack. And then the gut issue starting and realizing that there was something much deeper that I needed to, to tackle. And even knowing in the probably pretty soon into the me struggling with my digestion again, probably just a few weeks into having a lot of bloating and some really, really painful bloating too. That's something I think that, you know, we'll oftentimes you know, wake up and go, oh, like I'm a little bit bloated. I'm a little bit puffy today. This is not that. This is like, you know, five months pregnant, distended, yes. painful, like hurts to touch your belly, like really, really hard. It was just a few weeks in where I was like, okay, this is not normal. This is not just your typical digestive issues. And I told my husband, I was like, I think I need to go get help again. I need to, I need to find some answers for what's going on. And thankfully, he's been with me through a lot of my digestive struggles. My last really big flare up was like six or seven years ago. And he was with me through all of that. And he was like, okay, let's go. 
and it did. It took a few different things to even just start to create some change. It came, you know, talking with, you know, different practitioners, getting different supplement recommendations, making some changes to my diet that I was, and I know we'll talk about this, a little bit resistant to, but I needed to, and I needed to get various opinions to really figure out where to start and where to continue. But all of that with like, with trusting myself and trusting my gut (laughs) and my intuition that, okay, there is more to this. It's not, this is not the end of the road just because one person was like, oh, it's just your IBS flaring up. Yes, it is. (laughs) What can we do about it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious about what your reaction was to these gut challenges kind of right off the bat when they started getting bad, when you were kind of at that point where I know they were, they were not great from the beginning, but when you got to that point, when you realized that, okay, in that summertime where things were off, this isn't normal, something's going on, something's wrong. Were there any changes that you made immediately? Were you hesitant to make any changes to your food or to your lifestyle kind of right in the beginning? Mm, Yeah. So, you know, I'm thankful that, I mean, I'm not thankful that this has happened. I'm ready for it to be done. (laughs) There's many days where I am, many days, many weeks where I'm just so frustrated and I just kind of want to be like, I'm just, you know, I'm going to eat all the things and I'm going to feel terrible, but it's just not worth it. Um, but I'm thankful that this is happening now because I feel like I'm in such a such a good spot with my relationship with food and listening to my body and um, not using this as an opportunity to lose weight or to change my body. Mm. Um, Cause I think in the past I would have like, Oh, like I can't eat these certain foods. Maybe I'll lose weight. Like maybe, you know, this is just kind of a good excuse. Like I think that's how the eating disorder or the diet mindset kind of takes advantage of these situations. But, you know, I was in such a great spot with my relationship with food that my, my intention and my heart going into this and still now has been, I, I, my sole purpose is to nourish my body, to make sure I'm getting enough food and that, so I can do the things that I want to do and to make sure I'm satisfied because that's a, that is just as important as getting enough food. Um, and so was I resistant? Honestly, n- not really. I think in the past I would have been because in the, especially at the beginning of my recovery journey and my intuitive eating journey, it was, you know, that kind of the opposite of the diet mindset where it was like, if you cut out any foods, then that's diet. Um, it's not like intuitive eating. You eat all the foods unless you have an allergy to that food. And I didn't have that space in my mind and my mindset for, um, you know, maybe not eating certain foods because of how it would make you feel, whether that's a severe gut issue, or if that's a, just a, you know, intuitive, like, okay, like when I eat this food, I just like, don't really feel that great. So I'm just, I choose not to eat it type of a thing. Like I didn't have space in my mind for that. And, and like I said, I think it would have been a slippery slope for me, Mm -hmm. um, to cut out certain foods 
Um, but to be honest, like I know how it feels when I eat certain foods right now and it's just absolutely not worth it for me. Like I will literally be out of commission. (laughs) And so I, to me right now, not eating certain foods is very intuitive. Mm -hmm. Um, because part, you know, a huge part of intuitive eating is, is listening to your body and honoring what your body needs. And, and that means eating in a way that makes you feel good. And if I, if I eat a piece of pizza right now, I would, I would not be feeling good right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I choose not to eat that out of self-love and self-care, not out of fear of what it'll do to my body, like weight wise or health wise, but just because like, I, I want to heal my body. I want to feel my best. And right now not eating a piece of pizza is the best thing that I can do for myself right now. I know I've just talked about food, but you also asked about like lifestyle too. And I think the life's, I think I needed a wake up call to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I needed a wake up call because I was not in alignment with what I was doing with my career. I was way too stressed out. Uh, My mindset really needed a shift and I needed to slow down. I needed to take more breaks. I needed to, you know, yeah, work on my mindset, work on um, so many things. And it really has been a wake up call for me to make some changes in my life. So I think it was, I think by the time that I got to like, okay, things need to change. I was just ready. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing all that. I, I am right with you, nodding along with you. It was for me when I started going through these issues again earlier on in the year, I was still hesitant to make changes because I had seen that slippery slope happen in myself in the past. So when I first started dealing with my own digestive issues, following my my eating disorder I struggled with in late high school and early college. And then I went into um, culinary school and I was working as a personal chef and studying holistic nutrition. And I was having these gut health issues that were really bad at the time. And probably again, you know, kind of triggered by some big life changes and um, also like eating all a whole bunch of new foods and things like that, that, you know, my, my body hadn't eaten before. And not that food is bad by any means, but I had these gut issues and it was kind of like this whole like food party as well as, you know, all these stressful life situations. And it just kind of culminated in my own body in some, some really stressful gut reactions um, to the point where, you know, I was seeing multiple doctors. I was traveling 12 hours from... <laughs> which is just crazy to me, on train from Toronto to the US because at that point I was like still in the immigration process. So I hadn't had my residency in Toronto yet. So I was living there legally, um, but they didn't have healthcare. So I was traveling back to like get all of these gut issues figured out. So for me in the beginning, it turned into 
I would consider it, you know, this is not diagnosed, but I would consider it orthorexia. I was really, really obsessed with my health in a way that was unhealthy. Um, all of those new foods that I was so excited about eating and excited about trying became fear foods because they were triggers for my gut health. And, you know, it seemed like anything that I ate that I really enjoyed caused all these crazy gut issues. And I had found, you know, this almost this little bit of freedom with food because it was definitely the very beginning of my journey to finding food freedom, but I was no longer, you know, in this space of disordered eating but then I moved into another space of disordered eating when I was just fearful and obsessed with every little thing that I ate because I was trying to heal my gut. Um, but then it, it went beyond that. It went to the point where, you know, we couldn't really even eat out at restaurants and we, you know, and I was, you know, making everything at home and just missing out on so much of the joy and food and eating. And it really did spiral very quickly. So that happening in the past and thankfully um, getting some, having some really, really good support. I saw a really incredible clinical nutritionist who helped me look at food in a new way, kind of as something that could help me to heal my body and looking at it in a way of, you know, healing instead of fear and leaning into the foods that felt good for me and just leaning kind of away from the foods that didn't. And I did move out of that phase, but it, it took a really long time to shift my mindset again, years to shift my mindset back into the space of food freedom. And I've talked about my journey quite a bit. I've talked about it on your podcast. I've taught it, talked about it on my podcast. Um, so when these issues for me came up earlier this year, it was, it was very, there was a lot of fear initially. I was hesitant to make changes because I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to spiral back into that again. But I love your point that you were just ready to make those changes. And once you were ready and thankful you had gone on that journey of finding that freedom with food beforehand. So you were in that mindset where those changes were from a place of love and care instead of a place of changing your body or forcing your body into a different size. I had to come to that place too, I think, where in the beginning I was hesitant and I kind of knew some of the changes just intuitively because of, of what I had gone through before and knew some of the things that had worked before. And, and every flare up is different and different things are going to work for different people for sure. There is no one size fits all when it comes to gut health, just like with intuitive eating. But I, um, I knew some of the changes that I needed to make. I was noticing triggers and I kind of continued to eat those foods. I was definitely working on things like my stress and I had reduced caffeine and things like that. But the actual food part for me was really difficult in the beginning going like, okay, I can tell that every time and I'll be totally frank here. So anyone doesn't, who doesn't like poop talk, I'm sorry, this is the wrong podcast for you. <laughs> but I would, every time I ate gluten, I would have diarrhea the next day like badly, like to, it was really uncomfortable. And I, it was not just an, oh, you know, it was not me thinking gluten is bad, but that is something that has triggered my gut issues in the past and made a significant difference when I took it out in the past. And I slowly was able to thankfully add it back in, um, in a way that, that felt good for my body for a really long time but it wasn't working for me anymore. And it took me a little while to go, okay, 
I can see this. I realize this. And my intuition is telling me that I need to take a break from this, not because I'm trying to, again, just like you were saying, not because I'm trying to change my body or because I'm trying to restrict myself, but this is from a place of self-love and self-care and not wanting to feel like that. And what is incredible, and you made this point too, is when we do make those changes and they feel good, it's not hard to continue on that path and then shift when needed. Because it doesn't just because you take something away because it's necessary for your gut health doesn't mean it's forever. It means you're giving your body that break, that space she needs to heal. And it wasn't hard. Once I stopped feeling like that, once I actually started feeling good again, it was like, okay, well, this was the right decision. And it felt free. There is freedom in feeling good and making those choices that are in alignment with what your body needs. And I think that there is, I think, some stigma in and shame in healing protocols in the intuitive eating world. And that's not a blanket statement against everyone in the intuitive eating world or the intuitive eating world as a whole. Cause I know we're, we're both in it and we're both deeply passionate about helping women find food freedom through intuitive eating. Um, but I know that in some of my struggles that I felt and, and wanting to share some of them, but all, also feeling hesitant about it because for fear of, you know, being judged or, you know, you and I had talked about, you know, triggering someone, but I think it's, it's so different when you are in it and you are struggling and you are like, no, I know that this is not the type of life I want to live. This isn't the way that I want to feel. This isn't the way that my body is meant to feel. I'm meant to thrive. I'm not meant to be in constant pain and bloating and discomfort. I'm meant to feel good. And then it becomes a whole different story when we start making changes from that place of feeling good and taking care of ourselves and really loving our bodies instead of trying to change them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The stigma and shame. <laughs> I don't know how to articulate it, to be honest, but it's definitely something that I, as I have become more aware of as I have had to make changes to my diet. Now, just just so the listeners know, like the changes that I am making now, the intention is not forever. That, you know, currently right now I'm on a I'm on a pretty restrictive like eating protocol um for healing. Mm-hmm. But again, it's it's out of the self-love, the self-care. And because I personally need to function <laughs> on a daily basis and I can't be extremely exhausted or, you know, in pain every single day. Um, and so anyways, but um, as someone who is, you know, who has to be more uh, careful about what I'm eating right now, I've become so much more aware of the shame and the stigma within it the intuitive eating world of healing protocols and it's hard. And it's, um, and I think that this is where intuitive eating, again, I'm passionate about it. It's changed my life and it's something that I live out every single day. But I think the, the world of intuitive eating that sometimes can be, can go wrong. Um, 
And I personally have been a part of that where it was all foods are good. You shouldn't cut out any foods. Um, you know, unless you have a medical necessity, which I guess you could say like ours is medical necessity, but it's, you know, I, I felt like I was more of the extreme, but now I think I've been softened to people who do have chronic health issues, who do have digestive issues. And I want to say that intuitive eating is 100% possible for anyone and everyone, mm-hmm. whether you can eat certain foods, if you have to be on a more restrictive diet and not restriction out of like an eating disorder restriction, but restrictive in the sense of health um, and, you know, <laughs> survival, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. Um, healing. And it is 100% possible because I feel it's, it's been a, it's been a process. And I definitely took some time away from sharing like my food and what I was eating on social media because I was personally figuring it out and I didn't want to be a trigger to anyone. But then I got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm figuring it out for myself. Like I'm learning what I can eat and how this can be satisfying and how I can feel my own body. Um, and I don't want to be quiet about this because I think other people need to hear this and, and we need to have a more balanced perspective towards intuitive eating. It's not just like, one way or the highway, you know, it's, it's intuitive eating is so flexible and there's no, there's no right way. And I think that's the hard thing is it's, there's so much gray area in intuitive eating, but that's why intuitive eating is not another diet. Like diets are black and white and rules and intuitive eating is not that way at all. It's truly about eating in a way that feels good for your body, that fuels you. And that doesn't have rules. I just went on a whole tangent there, but (laughs) no, it was a beautiful, perfect tangent. And I am 100% with you in that intuitive eating is about intuition and tuning into your body and having a deep connection with your body. So it's that reconnection and then maintaining that connection with your body. And when something is off and something is not working and you are not feeling good, and this is preventing you from fully living your life, that's not food freedom. And it is intuitive to, to make those changes. And I think it's important that we seek out the right resources to make the changes in a way that is balanced. And I mean, you know, I'm saying balanced with quotations because, you know, in in a way that isn't hindering our relationship with food and our body as much as possible. I know it can still be straining. I know for me, wanting to have that really positive relationship with food and, and almost feeling like it wasn't maybe possible to continue food freedom and have this positive relationship with food if I made these changes set me back a little bit in my healing because of that fear that I talked about earlier where I was like, if I make these changes, am I still an intuitive eater? If I make these changes, do I still have food freedom? And as I started making those changes and feeling better, um, and again, just like you, I'm still on this journey. I'm, I'm not in a perfect place. I still have many days where I, you know, my bloating is triggered and I have digestive issues. I'm, I'm definitely not back where I would like to be, but I'm on the way. But as I started feeling better, it became more and more clear to me that that was the intuitive decision and that this is part of intuitive eating. Just like you said, it is this 
big gray area. It isn't in black and white. This is what an intuitive eater looks like. And this is what an, you know, a, a dieter looks like. There is so much gray in the middle and there is room and space for making those intuitive changes so that you feel good, so that you can have the freedom to live the life you want to live, which is the the point of intuitive eating. It's freedom with food, but also freedom in your life um, and enjoying food again. And it is not enjoyable. I can say from experience, and I know your example with the pizza, it is not enjoyable to eat foods that make you feel terrible. (laughs) It's not the type of life I know that I want to live. And I feel so much, so deeply and I love that you you called it a softening, right? For the women and and I say women because I work primarily with women, but for the people who do struggle with digestive issues and want this food freedom and feel like it's not possible for them because they have digestive issues or other health struggles, and that's simply not true. It is all about that connection. And when we have that connection, when we regain that connection with our bodies, then we can make those intuitive decisions for our health for our lives and for our healing. And there is so much freedom and intuition in that. But I think there is, there is a lot of, there's a lot out there that tells you that if you are not eating all types of foods and allowing all types of foods at all times, zero restrictions at all, then you're not an intuitive eater. And I don't believe that that's true. I believe that when you are making those decisions in alignment with your body and from a connection with your body and wanting to feel good, there's nothing wrong with needing to make some, with needing to make some changes and leaning into that. And just like you said, it's not forever. And that is the, that is really the beauty of intuitive eating and finding freedom in this is that it isn't forever. And I'm a really great example of this in my own life where I thought I was going to have to be gluten-free forever. I actually, this is so funny. I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but I wrote a book. Um, It was a self-published book. It sold like a hundred copies, but that was huge for me when I was like an early, I was a personal chef and a health coach like years and years and years ago. I wrote a book about gluten-free living because it had made such a massive difference on my gut health and just my life and general. And then when I realized that I could eat a little bit of gluten, I felt like such a, like after I'd healed quite a bit of my gut, I felt like such a fraud. I was like, I wrote this whole book on gluten-free living (laughs) and now I can eat gluten again, but it took time and it took healing and allowing my body the space to heal, to be able to eat of gluten just being one example again. And I could for years and years and years with complete and total freedom. Um, you know, and yeah, I did have to to cut back on it a little bit when I was having gut health issues again, but I'm able to have that relationship and that connection with my body where now I'm able to judge, okay, so how much of these type of foods feels good for me and my body and how much is going to trigger a response that isn't going to feel good and just isn't going to be worth it, right? It's not going to be worth being in pain. And like you said, I I won't be able to show up for my life if I'm constantly in pain. I've got two kiddos, a business, a husband who works from home. They need me and they need me at my best. And that sometimes includes needing to, you know, kind of to remove something so that I can show up better for them. And it's Mm -hmm. not, you know, that removal from the place of restriction. It's the removal from the place of honoring my body and caring for my body. And then also working with
with my body to know that if I could add this back before, I know I can do it again, but my, my body needs the space and the time to heal. Oh my gosh. So much, so much goodness in there. And I think what this all goes back to, and I, I, I talked about this even before I had gut issues, but it, all of these decisions goes back to motivation. Like what is your motivation behind it? And I think that can be the question for people to ask themselves when they choose to not eat a certain food and maybe they feel a little dissonance in themselves. Like, Oh, is this my, you know, my diet mindset coming in? Or is this like me listening to my body and ask yourself like, what, like, why do I want to do this? Why am I making this decision? What is my motivation? And I can't say like what is right or wrong, but for me, if I caught myself saying, oh, I'm not going to eat gluten, let's say, because, well, like maybe I'll lose some weight. Then I know for, for a fact that, okay, this is not the right motivation. Like this, you know, me trying to change my body is not my, that's not what I value. That's, that's not in alignment with me. But if I, me choosing not to eat gluten, if I ask myself like, what is my motivation? And that is, um, I want to be able to wake up tomorrow and have energy to work on my business, my businesses, to be present for my husband, to live life, to be able to go on a walk. Like, all right. Like I, like I know my motivation is connected to me and in alignment with me and my values. So I think just something practical from all of this for anyone who's listening is ask yourself, like, what is my motivation? And, um, and I think that can bring a lot of clarity to, to the grayness of intuitive eating and, um, and yeah, just, you know, making decisions, um, because it isn't just all a blanket, like, all foods, every food will fit for everyone. That just sadly isn't how our bodies and how our world works. Um, but I also, another thing in this conversation about stigma and shame, especially on social media, is I feel like there's so, there's so much judgment um, of people, and especially those if we share like what we're eating or um, even lifestyle stuff, I feel like there is a lot of judgment. And I think, you know, what's in my own experience, and I know we were chatting about this before we started recording, is, you know, people might come to us like, oh, why are you eating? Why are you not eating that? Or, you know, this is a trigger or something like that. You never know, and I'm speaking to the audience too, but you never know what that person is going through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chris, I had no clue that you were having digestive issues, you know, or that you went into the ER for, um, you know, panic or, you know, all of this stuff. Like I never knew. And so we can never, whether someone is fully in alignment with intuitive eating or listening to their body or free from diet, the diet mindset, we can never judge someone because we never know the whole story. And unless it's someone who, you know, if I saw Chris, if I saw you like doing something that was blatantly against, like, you know, all of a sudden you went and did like a fitness competition together, whatever, I might be like, (laughs) Chris, like, are you sure you're okay? But like, you're a friend and you're someone like, 
I, I know your story and, and, and you are someone like a peer in this, in this profession, but I think we need to be careful of judging people and their decisions and what they share on social media, because we never know the whole story. And also, unless they're a close friend and a confidant, like we can't, we can't speak into that person's life um, because we don't know the whole story. Uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Oh my gosh. And, you know, it's, it's so true that you mentioned I wasn't sharing a lot of my own journey and my own story when I was going through it. It's, it's only been recently that I was ready to start sharing my own stuff for that reason for the fear of being judged or for the fear of triggering someone else. And obviously, you know, I would never, ever, ever intentionally, you know, put something out there that I know could be a significant trigger for someone. I mean, we all make mistakes. We're all human, you know, we're all going to put things out there that might be a trigger to someone else in their own journey. Um, but all we can do is do our best to speak our truth. Um, and to, I think, share what we believe in when it comes to, food freedom and, and all of these things and, and just simply do our best and share our truth. But there is, there was so much fear for me about around this judgment. And I, because I see it, because I see it so much, I see so many other people being judged for their choices. And what you said was a hundred percent spot on. We have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. We have no idea what they're going through, um, what might be helping them and you know what's going on in in their lives beyond just the food that they're eating and so i think you know even you know for women who are on their own journey of intuitive eating and food freedom it's you know to the same point that it's so important that we don't judge our journeys to anyone else's or we don't compare our journeys to anyone else's because we have no idea just like when we were comparing our bodies to someone else's we have no idea what they did to achieve that body it could be healthy it could be unhealthy it could be absolutely nothing at all um you know we talk about this a lot when we talk about things like body image but when it comes to food freedom you know it's very easy to compare ourselves to someone else and say well oh they have food freedom but they're eating this thing or they're not eating that thing and, and we have no idea why. And unless they're explicitly explaining why, then we really, we really have no idea. And we don't need to follow anyone else just because they are someone who, you know, who maybe is in the food freedom space or someone who is in the digestive health space because our bodies are so, so different. And what works for one person is going to be completely different than what works for, for someone else. And I think that's one of those reasons I really intentionally, um, I share, you know, I'm sharing gluten as like an example for myself. That is not, you know, that was one, that is one small piece of my healing journey. And it is certainly not a blanket statement for anyone um, because some people are perfectly fine with gluten and some people it's an issue. It is definitely not a blanket. Like everyone with gut health issues needs to take out gluten or X, Y, or Z. I think it's so important that reminder to stay in your own lane and do what's best for you and your body and bringing that intuition into it when things, you know, when they, when they don't feel right and when they don't feel aligned for you, even if somebody else is doing something different, it's okay. It's okay to make those changes and see what works um, and throw away what doesn't. A hundred percent. And, and I think also 
some judgment. So there, there's the judgment or from maybe people in the intuitive eating space, like, oh, that you're not, you're, you're not um, in alignment with intuitive eating, you know, or the non-diet message. Um, I think that judgment is wrong because <laughs> again, they don't know what's, what you're going through. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's also from those who maybe, you know, maybe it's our clients or maybe it's, um, you know, that, that audience of people who are in their journey of healing. And I think a lot of the judgment and I mean, judgment's not a good word, but maybe the judgment comes out of fear mm -hmm. and it comes out of a place of, Oh no, she's eating that way. Does that mean I should eat that way? Does that mean I'm bad for eating this food? Oh no. And I think that's, that's an opportunity to check, check your motivation, check yourself and what's right for you. Because again, we keep saying this, but you know, what's right for you doesn't necessarily, you know, match with what's right for someone else. You know, both Chris and I, I mean, I don't know exactly everything she's eating. She doesn't know everything I'm eating, but we're both in a <laughs> figuring out our gut health and, and what works for us and healing. But I'm sure we're eating very different things. Maybe some things are similar, but our approach is very different, not just because of our diagnosis, diagnoses, but because our bodies are different. And like mm -hmm. for me personally, I definitely have looked at, okay, like how, you know, looking for inspiration of like, what can I cook during this time? And, um, I am following a specific protocol, but you know, some people following the specific protocol can eat other foods that I can't eat, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, if you feeling, if you're seeing something like this or seeing something that we share or that we even talk about in this podcast and you're like, Oh no, like, should I be eating this? Is this, is this okay for me? check your motivation, check where your heart's at, check with what works for your body. And I think that's what I even tell my clients too, is, you know, they're worried, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I mean, even let's say coffee. I don't want to get addicted to coffee. So there's that fear of drinking coffee. And, and so I ask the question, well, do you, you know, are, how does coffee feel in your body? How does it make, how does it make you feel? Um, and so trying to steer that conversation from that fear of getting addicted to coffee to tuning in and letting that internal, letting your, letting your heart and your mind be the compass, not your mind, your body and your heart be the compass, not the fear, not your mind. Um, and I say, if, you know, having a couple, couple cups of coffee in the morning doesn't make you, you know isn't something you rely on or, you know, all these things, then, then there's nothing wrong with that. Now, if you're getting a stomach ache, if you couldn't sleep, if you were, you know, having panic attacks then yeah, I probably, I probably would avoid coffee. Mm -hmm. But again, it's dependent on the person and it's, it's all internal. Your, you, your heart, your body is the compass, not what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 
So, so with you on that, I think it, it really does come back with the deeper connection with our body is, and the more we allow ourselves to connect with our bodies instead of just blindly following what someone else does, even if you are following a particular protocol. And uh, okay, writers of protocols who have spent years and years and years of their lives researching might not be happy with me for saying this, but I truly believe as someone in this intuitive eating food freedom space, and also um, as someone who has struggled with digestive issues for a couple decades, the protocol isn't always 100% right for you either. <laughs> like you said, sometimes you know there there are people within you know the the type of foods that you're eating, the protocol that you're on, that might be able to eat different foods than you. You might be on a certain protocol, but one of those foods that that protocol says nope, that doesn't that's you know you're, that's not going to work for you. If it works for you it's okay to lean into that. And it's also okay to lean into, well, this food, they said this food was okay, but this food doesn't feel good for me. I know I've gotten stuck on that very much in the past going like, I seem to be fine with X food, but this protocol tells me I shouldn't have it. So I shouldn't have it. And again, it creates that fear. So allowing yourself to have that individualized approach going and it does help working with a practitioner when you're going through this too to encourage you um i can't recommend that enough especially someone who is intuitive eating food freedom aligned which i know can be really hard to find but it can be really helpful to have someone in your corner going no it's okay if rice works and you want to eat rice eat rice just an example not a not a recommendation um even if X protocol says no, right? So it is so, so individualized. And even the protocols aren't going to quote unquote, get it right because we are all so different and they are designed for one prototype of a person, but that's not real life. We are all different. All of our, you know, down to our DNA, we are, we are different. So it really does come down to, to leaning into what works for you and your unique body. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, there are so many more things that we could, we could dig into. One of the things I I do, I do want to just talk about really briefly. We talked about this a little bit before and you can go as, as deep as you want to into this. Um, but how is this, how has this changed your perspective as a coach when you are, when you are the coach, when you are coaching clients and when you're talking to them about intuitive eating and food freedom, what has changed in the way that you talk to them and the way that you share with them and the way that you, that you approach things? I'm, I'm really curious about um, how, how this is, your experiences have kind of shifted the way you, you work with women. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I would say I don't, because I, because gut issues are very new to me. Um, I have not, I don't work with people with gut health issues. I definitely mm-hmm. don't feel educated enough to do that. I mean, if, if you had gut health issues and you wanted to work with me, then, you know, that's totally fine. I just haven't had that experience. Um, but what I would say is to be completely honest, I feel like this journey that I have been on has really solidified intuitive eating for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think there's these phases when you enter intuitive eating where, and I know I was on this, where it was that like, we can have no rules around food. You can't cut out any food. Like, and I, and I think it's, I think it's just a, 
and a, a hyper awareness and a protection mechanism too of like, I really wanted to avoid any, like I, you know, unfollowed people. I kind of avoided a lot of diet messages. And I think that that's, and I still don't, you know, I don't, uh, not even diet messages, but even in the realm of intuitive eating and food freedom, people who were talking about health, um, I kind of avoided that. And so I think there's that first stage. And then as you gain more awareness of yourself, like, and you know, you just kind of are still, you kind of soften and, and in the softening, it's not like you are becoming more, uh, I don't even know how to say it, but like you are adding diet messages into your life. I think it's just more of a deeper connection with yourself and, and relying on what you know works for you and what you enjoy. Um, and so you just, it becomes less rigid and just more fluid. Um, but I feel like for, for me, what having me, and I feel like that's where I was before all of this, I had freedom with foods. I, you know, I was practicing gentle nutrition. I care about, I cared about nutrition. Um, uh, but I also like ate all the foods and I had no restrictions whatsoever. Um, but I think what all of these gut health issues have done for me is again, like I mentioned before, it softened me to, uh, the, to intuitive eating with chronic health issues or just even temporary health issues. Um, and it's also really deepened my connection with myself and, um, really what is the root of intuitive eating and intuitive living, which for me is, you know, honoring my body, fueling my body. So making sure I'm eating enough. And then also that satisfaction piece as well, because I've had to be creative in, okay, like I'm maybe not eating, let's say ice cream, which I love ice cream, uh, but it just doesn't sit well with me. Uh, but I love having something in the evening, like, you know, dessert or something. So I have to find something that that satisfies that, that piece, that, that part of me that really enjoys that. So I've had to be creative. And so really focusing on that, making sure I'm fueled and making sure I'm satisfied. And then also having those tough conversations of what is my motivation behind this? And so I think that honestly has just translated into working with my clients of asking those questions of, well, like, what is your motivation behind this? I think that's really, I, I really am getting deeper into that because I, I, there's so much of a space for nutrition and intuitive eating. And I think some people are ready for that and other people are not yet, but I want to embrace that. And I want to help my clients tap into what they value, what's important to them, what their body needs and, and asking those deeper questions, um, to help empower them to make those decisions for themselves. Yes. So, so much. Yes. I was nodding along with you again here. I think it's, it's so important to point out that Nutrition is a part of intuitive eating and feeling good is a part of intuitive eating and it's okay 
to care about your health and be an intuitive eater. Those are aligned. Caring about your health, feeling good, having freedom with food, they all go together. And like you said, we're all at different stages in our journey. And oftentimes we do need a period of time where we allow all types of foods, unless of course, you know, we are in in physical pain or allergies or, or those things like that. But we do need that time where it's just, you know, kind of a free for all and where we are just, you know, eating all of the Oreos or whatever your food is that you, that you didn't allow in the past. But it's also okay to come back to that middle space because oftentimes it does, I think, become the other side of the pendulum where we think that, you know, intuitive eating or food freedom means that we have to eat all of, you know, this one type of food. And if we eat this other type of food, then we don't have this intuitive eating or this food freedom, but it comes back to that gray space, right? That place in the middle, which is where food freedom and intuitive eating lies. And it's just, it happens to be different for, for everyone. So I love that you are, you're bringing that into, into what you do. And that's something that's, I'm so, so passionate about in my, in my own career and coaching as well is, is helping women find both that freedom and also that, that place of, of health and wellness as well, because we can't show up as the best version of ourselves if we're feeling terrible on a daily basis. I think that's kind of like the moral of this whole story, right? <laughs> if, if we, if we feel good, then we, then we show up well. And whether that means leaning in to health in a way that is non-restrictive, but feels really good for us and really free, um, or also, you know, healing issues like gut health issues and other um, health conditions that might be preventing us from feeling good. They can all be a part of this journey that we have as intuitive eaters. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So what do you then, what do you feel like made the biggest difference for you in shifting your mindset during this time or, or in your healing during this time? I know you're still on your journey now, but what do you think has made the biggest difference for you during this time? Um, oh gosh, I will say that... <laughs> You know, I talk all about this as if I've kind of arrived at this, you know, you said I'm still in this journey and, and you are as well. And I talk, as I'm talking, it's like, oh, I've arrived at all of these things. And, and no, all of, all of these realizations and, and mindset shifts have come with a lot of, um, a lot of thinking, a lot of crying, a lot of searching and learning and talking to people I trust. Um, so this hasn't been just like a thing that's happened overnight and, and a mindset shift is, is something that takes time. Um, so I think what made the biggest difference in difference in my mindset or in my healing. Um, to be honest, and I, I can't pinpoint any one specific thing, but I think 
I think getting, getting professional help, to be honest, has made the biggest difference. Um, there's something about getting a diagnosis that makes all the difference. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because then you're, and, and I know sometimes it's really hard to get a diagnosis. And, and honestly, I still, I've tried multiple ways to treat my SIBO and I'm on a different protocol right now, um, healing protocol. And the first one didn't work and it's, it's hard and it's, and there's been this fear of, Oh no, like, am I going to struggle with gut issues the rest of my life? Um, is it going to be, is there something deeper going on? But I definitely, I have, I have very strong methane dominant SIBO. Um, so I'm, you know, we're attacking this at first, but getting, getting help and getting a diagnosis has been really helpful for me and just kind of giving me this, like, oh, giving me this, this target to work on. Um, but then also I started working with a, um, an intuitive eating dietitian who specializes in gut health as well. Um, and just getting that support, to be honest, um, has been really, really helpful. Um, so I can kind of just get out of my head and have someone just ask, like, how are you doing? Like what's going on? And just having someone I can, you know, share like, okay, things are getting really bad. Like, what can I do? Um, getting that help and getting that guidance really has made a huge difference as opposed to just trying to go it on my own. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And I think it, it goes back to your point earlier about, you know, continuing to seek out answers and seek out help and that it's okay to be your own advocate and continue to seek out answers. Cause I know for a while you were, and just, you know, from you and I having conversations, you were still tr- kind of trying to figure out what was going on with your gut. If it was something that, you know, you could find an answer to, which you did in finding and getting the SIBO testing done and finding out that you do have SIBO. And that is such a huge deal because it does mean that you then, like you said, have that target where you can aim for this and you can work towards this. And it doesn't mean it's going to be any easier, but it means you have a direction to go in. And it is so important that we, that we continue to seek out that help and and answers if at all possible. For me, the answer that I got was still a very blanket one. It was still like, you know, you are irritated. It was the same. It was the same answer that I got you know, seven years ago where there, you know, I did a myriad of tests, you know, the blood test, the endoscopy, the colonoscopy, all of those fun things. And they were like, yeah, you're really inflamed. And I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Could you help me beyond that? (laughs) And they really couldn't. And so, so it's a little bit of a, a guessing game, but having that help. And so in the past, in my, in my, um, really my deepest flare up years ago, having the help of a clinical nutritionist who helped to reframe my mindset around healing um, and give me some really practical, actionable advice and supplements. That was really, really helpful. And then for me um, recently, so I have a business coach who is also an intuitive eating coach. And I actually ended up scheduling a special like extra session outside of our business coaching to chat with her about my gut issues. Cause I'm like, I think I need some deeper support on this. I've been in this food freedom space for a long time and I want to maintain that food freedom, but now all these gut health issues are popping up again. And we got on the phone for like an hour and a half and I just, you know, spilled my guts (laughs) and I shared everything with her and her perspective was so, so helpful. One of the most important things that she said to me 
um, in terms of, you know, knowing some of the changes that I needed to make for my gut and the little bit of fear that I had about making these changes and it taking away from my food freedom was just to lean into what feels good. She's like, it's not about taking things away. It's about focusing on the things that feel good for you, that feel free, that feel the way that, that help you feel the way that you want to feel. And just that, just that little aha moment where I'm like, it's not about taking things away. It's about focusing on and adding in the things that feel good. That was like the number one thing that set me on this, you know, positive trajectory towards really, you know, moving towards healing and feeling a lot better and focusing on what felt good for me instead of what I couldn't have. And so even from those, you know, two very different places, both the, you know, nutritionist helping me with the specifics to the, you know, food freedom intuitive eating coach helping me with that mindset shift, it really does make such a huge difference when you have those practitioners in your corner, whatever, whatever, you know, type they are to, to help you through it. Mm-hmm. And even having conversations like this, to be honest, to have conversations with other people who, you know, you are, you know, you share the same values, um, and, and perspectives towards food and health and just sharing like, okay, you're not alone in this. Um, and whether you're having gut health issues or chronic health issues there, it sounds so simple, but to hear you're not alone, or I understand, or I support you, like you're not just making this up. It's amazing what that does internally and in your healing as well. And as you're talking and, and I, was, I was thinking about, you know, to really sum this up, I would say, yes, support is huge and, and not feeling alone. Or even if someone doesn't share the, you know, share the same experience, at least they're, they're validating your experience. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing in healing and mindset is hope. Um, hope that you will get better. And there is so much power in that. I have, um, I've struggled with chronic knee pain for, I've lost count, eight years now. Um, I have tried everything and anything. Um, and in this journey, I have learned the power of hope. And and the power of hope and healing. And again, it's going back to that mind-body connection of really when, you, when you're determined to find healing, when you haven't given up, when you believe that you will get better, that has so much power. And I know, I know it can be discouraging when you think, okay, this is going to be the thing. This is what's going to solve it. Or, um, you know, you try so many different things and you're like, well, why, how is this going to make a difference? But you still have to hold hope in that because that's going to be one of your, that is going to be one of the most healing things is hope. Yes. Oh my gosh, Catherine. I don't, I don't think I can ask anything else that would, <laughs> that would trump that. Oh my gosh. No, I am, I am 100% with you in that. And if I can be encouragement in my own experience, even though I'm struggling again now, it's to a much lesser extent than it was in the past. And I don't think I had that hope in my early stages of 
dealing with my gut issues. I thought it was something that I was going to have to struggle with for my whole life because I had struggled for so long and it had just gotten worse and worse. And when I started seeing that light at the end of the tunnel, when I started seeing myself being able to add in more foods and have a little bit more freedom in that way, it started to become clear that our bodies are not static, that where we are now doesn't mean that this is where we are always going to be. They are constantly changing and um, you know, evolving, so to speak, and so is, our, so is our mindset. And as long as we are maintaining that, you know, that I keep coming back to that connection with our bodies and and leading into our intuition, we can, we can hold on to that hope that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that our bodies are so, so resilient and so capable of positive change. And so I hope that the listener who's listening will hang on to those incredible words you just shared and know that there is, there is definitely hope in healing. Yeah. And I think what I have learned, again, I've, I've struggled with my knee pain longer than my gut issues. But what I've learned in that is there's going to be times where you really struggle to hold hope for yourself. And that's when you need to find someone. Often for me, it was a practitioner, like a physical therapist or a doctor, um, chiropractor, whatever it is, who holds hope for you. For me, it was, you know, I've always dreamed of running a marathon and I never have been able to. I was actually training for my first marathon when my knee started hurting. Mm -hmm. And to have a practitioner say six years in to say, you're going to run a marathon someday. Like, no, you're going to run. You're going to, you're going to do this. Um, to, to have someone who holds that hope for you when you can't hold it yourself, find someone like that, whether that, you know, with your gut, with any chronic health issue, um, find, find someone who is cheering you on and who is on your side. Um, and I mean, I know it's hard to say because, you know, I've had many practitioners say like, oh yeah, you're need, this is going to solve it. This is going to, you know, this is going to do it. And it hasn't, but that doesn't mean I've given up and you just can't give up. Yeah, totally, totally. You, you really can't because something, there is something out there that is going to make the difference. It just sometimes takes time. And you know, that's not what we like to hear as humans. <laughs> we want things to happen fast and instantaneously, but this is a journey just like with finding food freedom and intuitive eating. It is, there is no switch on or switch off. It really, it really truly is a journey. So I'm so, so grateful for you sharing your journey with all of our listeners and, you know, sharing exactly where you are now, you know, very honestly, knowing that, you know, we are both in the middle of our journeys and it might be, you know, still quite a journey for both of us to find a place of balance for ourselves. But I hope that they, they know that there is hope in that and that we have come a really long way, you know, even from where we both first were. So thank you so much for, for being here and for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. So would you be willing to share where um, my listeners can connect with you if they want to connect with you, if they want to maybe reach out to you um, for, some, for some support and some encouragement? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and please do reach out. Like I said, there's, I think one of the most helpful things is to have someone say like me too, like I've been there or I'm struggling. Um, and so if you are having gut issues, I, I can't answer the questions for you. Uh, I'm, I'm not 
I'm not the, the practitioner who's going to, you know, necessarily help you in that journey, but I'm someone who's in that journey myself. And I can say I've been there and, you know, I can encourage you and I can share what I've learned. Um, so yeah, so I am on Instagram most of the time. So you can find me. It's Katherine.herbison. Um, I also am, I do have a website. I have not, it's going to be changing. I don't know when it'll be changing by the time that this is out, but it's choosing dash balance where I have a lot of my health journey and um, intuitive eating content, things like that. And then also, as I mentioned, I am a co-host of the podcast in uh, the Embracing Balance podcast, which Chris has been on. Um, and that's where I share with one of my good health coaching friends all about health, wellness, and the balanced approach to health. It's one of my favorite podcasts now, ever since you guys started. It's so, so great. You guys are incredible interviewers and you have really great guests on. So definitely hope the, the listeners will go and check that out. And we will, as usual, put all of the links in the show notes. And I'm also going to link up some resources. I think that were helpful for, for me on this journey. And then Catherine, if you want to share some of your favorite resources as well, we can kind of link up some of those, um, just, you know, some resources for, to help people feel less alone on this journey. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for being on. I know that we are going to continue this conversation for, you know, some time off of the podcast, but I really grateful. I'm really grateful for you sharing. Oh, thank you for having me on. This was, this was really, really good. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.